and we are live. Rick Thorne, what's going on, man? What up, dude? What are you doing? I'm doing this with you. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what? I'm excited to do this. Uh, I like I like podcasts, especially when they talk about BMX, you know, and uh, where I'm from, what I'm about. So, yeah, man, I'm stoked. Absolutely. Sure. And yeah. uh, before we get to the where you're from, what you're about stuff, I'm curious what BMX, your experience of BMX is today. You mean like what life riding is for me? Right yeah, now? Current, current BMX for you. What's it like? Man, I'll tell you this much. My age and riding with kids, uh, a lot of dudes don't have kids, especially mm. if they do have kids my age and road in years. There's only like a handful of us over 50 to pedal. Like, I'm talking like I ride every day. And I'm still sponsored and shit because that's my dream. And that's, you know what I mean? That's what, like, it's not coincidental. Because riding, okay, let me, I'm all over the place. So let's get to the first question. Riding to me today is still setting goals, going out riding, feeling good about myself. A lot of times, and I don't necessarily like it to be this way, I got to ride by myself because my kids got out of school at this time. I can only go this far. I live in California, so there's shit everywhere, but everything's far away. You get stuck in traffic. I'm a single parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm single. I don't have a girlfriend. I have a wife. I have no family out here. So it's been all me. Mm -hmm. So I got to get it in when I got to get it in. So sometimes I go to a skate park or a spot, and I can only ride like 20, 30 minutes because I got to get back in my car and go get my kids. Right. Um, that side of it is nerve-wracking because I want to stay longer and ride. But the feeling of what bike riding, I still have the same feeling of like that sense of accomplishment. You know what I mean? That yep. sense of like, this is this shit's dope. You know what I mean? Like this is rad. Like you're finding a spot or an abandoned pool. I still love it. I st and I still love learning. I don't like just going out and doing tabletops, you know, and calling it a day. I still try to push myself. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man, because I just feel like I know that reward, that ch that it's that, it's that, I feel like all these years you're always looking for the same thing, you know, every day you're looking mm -hmm. for that, like, that adrenaline rush, that feeling of like, you know what I mean? Like, like the riding away from the trick successfully that you've been trying for 20 minutes, hour, whatever it is, that feeling when you're riding away from it after you landed it. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of like what you, you know, as far as like with, with being a rider, um, as far as competitively, look, man, I, I don't know how many years you got to go through this sport to, to prove yourself that you're legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there was an old fart class, I'd compete in it. Yeah. But I competed 24 years straight. Uh, so that's longer than most people even ride their bike. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a whole big, long career of competing, and that just wasn't vert. That was flatland. That was dirt. Or not, not, not so much dirt, sorry, a street or park, or whatever you want to call it, uh, and vert. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you start competing in 85, it's like, how many years do you have to, do I, do I have to compete only because just to say that I ride, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, it's, but you have that as a bike rider that you want to prove yourself all the time. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse too, because yeah. it'll push you. Rex. Well, uh, Hold on a second. Yeah, you're good. Right, hang on one second. Rex. Rex. Come on, Rex. Rex. <laughs> Stay down here. Let me put him up. Hold on one second. You are you're solid. <laughs> Rick Thor's got to go get Rex. Got to get the pupper dog. Get a shout out to Rex in the comments and the chat going on here. Hey, bro. Here's the deal. I got dogs and I don't like them to run around the house without my supervision because you know what I mean? It's dogs will get into stuff. I get it. Uh, I'm somewhere. I'm like, what's up? This is bullshit. So um, speaking on... Uh, 
over your old fart class, I don't know if you heard or not, but the USA BMX freestyle contests that they go have going on all around the country actually have a master class, which is 40 up and plus. When did they start that? Mm, 2020 was the first first iteration of it, and they've had it each year since. So next year, I think they're going to have six or eight stops all around the country. So like they do Woodward East. They did uh, that skate park in Texas that Morgan Wade built. They did a park in Oregon. They did Four Seasons in Milwaukee. I know spot. Yeah. They, they did all kinds of stuff. Look into that. I had no idea, bro. Yeah, you could compete in those. Uh, but as far as riding today goes, like, where are you riding at on a regular basis? Everywhere. I mean, I have my own. I have. Okay, so here's the deal. You can run around. I don't like. I'm from Missouri. I'm from the Midwest. I know how the Midwest works. I know the scenes. I get the vibe. I get mm-hmm. grouped in. Out here, West Coast, there's like shit everywhere. There's stuff to ride. One day, maybe a full pipe, maybe a pool, maybe a ditch. There's a lot of things that are here that there aren't in other parts. You know, every every oh, area. Yeah. But I do have a spot where I ride regularly, and so I kind of like like I like to have a regular park because that's kind of like I don't like to say like training grounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I can go there at a time when there's not any kids. They're all in school. The park's pretty empty. I can get some photo content, video, ride a bit. Um, you know, do my do my thing, but like it, it's just it just depends, man. Like some, I was going down during COVID, I was going down to Tony Hawk's and riding the vert ramp three times nice. a week. Nice. There's no traffic. You know what I mean? There's like right. There's 130 miles away, so I was just like, it only took a little over a couple hours to get there. So it just depends on what what mood you know you're going through, or what like what you're going through in your life, or what you want to ride. I mean, it's not like when you're a contest rider. And that becomes your means to an ends of like finances and sponsorship because you're selling yourself. And I hate to say selling yourself, but you're positioning yourself, I should say, as a contest rider. So therefore, you got to spend your time and your energy on doing good in contests because mm-hmm. that's your, that's what you've, uh, uh, I don't like to say sold yourself, but that's what you've gotten your sponsorships from. That you are, you could get that logo out for your sponsor, you can get the placement. So you, you start to get this. Like I used to be real tunnel vision with the with the contest rider, but at the same time I always tried to ride street and try to go out with my friends and ride. Mm-hmm. And so it just depends on the kind of rider that you are. And if you, if if you're all kinds of riders, like I've always tried to be, then you you don't you want to have a good video part. You're not just going to take footage from a contest and put in a video part. You're going to go out and film something. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's. And I'm not saying that people do that. Some people might. You know. Um, what I do, what I try to do three, four, five times a week, I've been doing it for 20 plus, 25 years. I do a 10 mile ride through Hollywood on my BMX nice. and my headphones on and I'm just vibing out. I'm clearing my brain. I'm like getting ideas. I'm feeling alive. This is why I started riding. It makes me feel youthful. It keeps me in shape and it just clears everything, man. I, 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 I carry a lot of weight being a single parent. Yeah. With two kids. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, it's not easy. And so riding is like, I have to ride or I'll get like upset. I'm still that, I'm still that in my life. Oh, hell yeah. I was wrong with me. Like, I need to go ride, bro. This is bullshit. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? So, so, and, and, and that's what it's always been with me. But like, you gotta understand, bro. I came from like the days where it was like nothing, bro. And yeah. Like, and, and then we all started to get something and then the sport hit, the X Games hit and all that. And then all this stuff like, whoa. And then, like the rise, the the roller coaster ride, it's been, it's been wild and crazy and fun and 
weird and whatever you want to say. But at the same time, Roddy's always been like this, always on the up, always mm-hmm. still. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was actually curious to talk a little bit about some of the stuff from the past. And I uh, listened to a bit of that Monster podcast you did, and you said you started in 81. I'm curious, and you just said that you started when there was like nothing. Who were the earliest inspirations that you can remember having in BMX? Okay, check this out. When I first started riding, like, well, us as kids in the Midwest, we fucked. Sorry to cuss. You're good. Don't worry about it. Okay, we messed around. We messed around on like skateboards, but it wasn't like trying to be like skate. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. skating boom was so big. We had like these Nash boards, and I remember I was doing both, and then I got speed wobbles on a board and balled out, and said, "I'm over it. I'm gonna ride." Just felt easier. Felt like I could hit more terrain. Okay, now, now the reason why I started riding uh, to answer your question. I found a magazine at, at the store, like a Seven Eleven or whatever, and it must have been a BMX action. And uh, I was like, I saw that some photos of some dudes doing airs and dudes uh, uh, riding in a skate park. I didn't know it was called a skate park. And those dudes back then were like Eddie Fiola, Mike Dominguez, Brian Blythe, that generation before us. Yeah, that just like they were ruling it, and. Those like that's what I saw in the magazines, you know, like Hugo Gonzalez and these guys, and uh, and RL, you know, and Bob Harrow. Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't really look at it like that. I looked at it like, dang, this this is like something different than I'm doing because I'm just jumping curves. Yeah, what are these guys got. And so, uh, uh, what, wait, what was your question again? You asked just me, who the earliest inspirations oh, you can remember okay. having were. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So. so the inspirations were those guys, but at the same time, I, I don't know if it was so much inspired by dudes or just like, oh, wow, these guys ride too, and they're doing way cooler stuff. Mm-hmm. What are these? Where's this place at? Why don't we have one of these in Missouri? What's going on? And I remember I ordered some ramp plans from BMX Action on how to build a quarter pipe. Nice. Now, this is before I met Dennis McCoy. I grew up with Dennis McCoy. He was he was like the hometown ripper, shredder, always from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh I moved in the neighborhood. This is how crazy the story is. I moved in the neighborhood. Uh, uh, we moved out of my grandma's house. My mom just got remarried. They got a house, uh, you know, South KC. We're like, oh, new neighborhood. I was already riding. That's when I got the magazines. I built a quarter pipe. I learned how to do airs by myself with That's nobody. so sick. Yeah, it's crazy. And so sometimes for me, like I said earlier, riding by myself isn't what I want. But sometimes I produce some of my best stuff by myself. Mm-hmm. Not clouded. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. This is the angle I want to do it. This is how I want to do it. This is how I want to film it, whatever. And so I learned how to ride by myself, dude. And I don't think it was so much like these guys because I always liked Dominguez and I always liked feel. I liked them all. I yeah. Liked, I thought all rad. Blyther, like what? It's just, for me, it was just like I wanted that life. You were like, kind of inspired by the possibilities, would you say? When you learned about what was actually possible, it was like that was inspiring too. Yeah, I think I think California was inspiring. Like I wanted to live in California. Yeah. Kids saying that because that's where I felt like all the stuff was. And yeah. the crazy thing is, Dennis McCoy was. I don't know if you know this, and your listeners might or they might not, but Dennis McCoy was the first sponsored pro outside of California to get paid. Nice. Sponsored. Now that's my best friend at this point. Uh huh. 1985, he's winning all the AFA contests. He's the number one pro in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I saw all this stuff happen to him. 
so if anyone was to be an inspiration in my life, it would be Dennis because I was so closely related to him and all of his success yeah. that I was like, oh shit, this, my best friend's killing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But the early, early days before all of that, like before I met that crew, the, the BMX Brigade and Dennis and all that, uh, the inspiration was really just like, it's just a feeling, dude. Mm hmm. I say it all the time about riding, and people say, oh, why do you ride, or why'd you start, why do you go out and ride 10 miles, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a feeling of like, it gives me, that stokes me on the inside. I can't really, I just, no way to really describe it. No words just, for it, right. That's uh, why I do it. And another thing that came up in that Monster podcast, too, was rad. And you talked a little bit about it, but I'm kind of curious what it was like already riding and seeing rad come out like did you see an immediate impact on bmx when rad came out kind of like here's the deal rad came out like in 85 or something mm -hmm. uh, by the time 88 came around the sport crashed meaning that like all the bike shop all the bike companies went out of business all the bike tours went away there's a there's a point in time where like team murray was touring diamondback was touring mongoose was touring haro was touring like all these teams, like everybody was touring. They had their bike shop tours. They were all everywhere. GT, blah blah blah. And and so when Rad came out, like I'm not approved towards Rad at all. Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. I'm, I met Bill Allen. Uh, I met like those dudes. They're cool. Uh, you know, I, I get it. I understand how it has a following. Me personally, at the time, I was like, dude, we don't. We were trying to like not be lumped in with racing. Mm-hmm. Because you have to understand, man, at that time, we were doing tricks in the parking lot and racing was just like something we did because we were there. Yeah. That we weren't, it started out racing, but then it turned more into like the tricks was more fun in the lot. So for me, I didn't want people in the world to look at like bike riding was like, what factory do you ride for? Like mm -hmm. it's deeper than that. It's always been deeper than that. And and that was the only thing that I would, I was really wanting our own independence away from that because I felt like we were always in the shadow of racing. There's, I'm sure people listening to be like, you're out of your mind. You suck, blah, blah, blah. Rad, the movie Rad's great. Blah, blah, blah. It's my favorite movie in the world. I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm just saying for me as a 15-year-old trying to like be, be its own person, its own thing, its own world, knowing that they were different because I did both of them. Yeah. Like it needed its own class. I needed it to be its own and not meshed in. That's all. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like the purpose of the, the question, too, because the people who would say something like that are people who probably got into BMX from something like Rad. And I am I was just curious of the perspective of someone who was already riding before it came out to see the impact that it had on things. It's cool. I don't, I, yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I noticed really too much. Okay. I mean, there was always a bunch of us that rode. Uh, one of my friends was in that movie, Rick Molinterno, mm -hmm. and I'd already met Rick and knew Rick, and we'd, I'd already done shows with Rick. Um, uh, me, him, and Dennis in the BMX Brigade, um, I think Brian Belcher, uh, that was our crew. So I, I knew him, and I was stoked for him, but I, for me, it's like I didn't really see an impact in like, you know, uh, but there the definitely was. I, I don't know if I felt it or not, because I was just so about right being in the backyards and sticking to our scene and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, it totally makes sense, man. Um, and so, like, it's kind of along similar lines, but I'm curious, we talked a little bit about 
how BMX is for you today. Do you pay attention at all to the mainstream or the industry of BMX today? Yeah, I follow quite a bit of people on Instagram and I follow a lot of people that like, you know, they, they, as far as like companies and like every last little product that comes out or something, you know, maybe not as closely as yeah. some of I did when I was 12 or 13 or something. But like, as far as like who's on what team and that kind of stuff, if I see it on Instagram, but you know, at the, at the same time, like I got my hands in like so many different industries, right? You know, from from music to comedy to acting to hosting to all these things and kids and my own life and writing and juggling around. That like I see quite a bit of stuff on Instagram, but I'm sure there's some stuff that I miss. Yeah, there's easily. Little, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know. Yeah. It's a lot bigger nowadays than it was when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and it's it's so crazy. All those different branches of bmx have just continued to keep going well i don't know everything i mean you told me earlier beforehand that they have the old fart jam yeah that I have no idea about and i was like oh i didn't know that um yeah. that that's interesting uh that's something that that i might want to pursue um because competing to me was always fun mm -hmm. you know and it could be uh something they go back to you know you did it for so long so oh, hell yeah uh that's that's cool, man. I also was kind of curious, what uh, what setup are you riding today? I ride a Hoffman. Nice. Yeah, the Lady Luck uh, bike, the frame. Uh, I rode, I mean, those that know, I rode for Matt for like 10 years. And then we parted ways after 10 years. And then we became, I mean, I met Matt in 87. He's one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. So uh, I haven't had like a legit, like, I can't say Hoffman's not, I didn't mean it like that. I'm not, I don't ride for Hoffman. Right, I right. A frame. I, I haven't had a bike sponsor in a very long time. Right. Um, all of my sponsors seem to be outside of the industry more. Yeah. Rex, shut up. <laughs> Come on, Rex. Uh, yeah, I, I was just curious. And, and, I, and that part, I don't, I'll, I'll be real with you right now. I don't understand that. I don't understand that there's not some bike company out there that won't want to sponsor somebody at my age, at my level of riding that still kills it to show, to represent how long you can be in the sport. How long, how far you could take it. I'm not, I'm not talking a weekend warrior come out every couple months and do a B tuck. I'm talking about every day, like grinding it, grinding it. And so in my head, I'm like, the only rider that I could think of, couple that get that, is maybe Jamie Bestwick, Dennis McCoy. Yeah, cool. it's it's actually coming back right now in that I think yeah. companies are recognizing that there is still value in some guys who are older and and like how. Uh, S and M just put Doyle on, and they they got uh, nasty riding for fit, and they just put uh, Mark Patozny on S and M as well. Mark's a trail legend out of PA. Who's, I mean, he's not in his twenties anymore, so it's coming back. And I think if there's ever a time for someone like you to get connected with a company, I mean, it only makes sense. No, it does. And and the thing is, is that I'm all about branding, bro. I'm all about like collabing. I'm all you about, get it. <laughs> yeah, I've taken this so far and been able to 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 to, to brand and represent in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, I was like, man, like the last bike sponsor I had was Kuahara. It was for two years and it was from 2000. Do the math here. 2007 and eight, maybe. And after that, I haven't had a bike sponsor. Yeah. So riding like I got a bike from Haro and I got a bike from uh, a volume for a while and then but I was like I found myself like paying for these frames mm -hmm. and I was like what the how how is that possible you guys can't give me a frame bro like yeah 
you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing. It's like the old school dudes that are still marketable and still kill it, that there's some out there are, could be more marketable than the flavor of the month. Oh, it's a hundred percent. And the people who, the people who someone like Doyle or you are reaching are the people who can afford to be buying parts. You know, it's not a kid who's got to go to their parent and ask for them to be bought afraid. Right. Well, Doyle's cool too because he does a lot of hosting, and I know all about that world. Yeah. And that, that just gives you more credibility to your branding of like someone sponsoring you as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Be on TV wearing a T-shirt. I did all that. I get it all. Yep. And so that increases your value right there because we all know being bike bike riding is a tough world to make money at. Yeah. Uh, always has been um, since the first day I got involved with this thing and riding. I mean, and so if, if there's any way you can get your sponsors extra exposure, you got to go over the top, man. And I've always done that. You know, I think that I think people have given me shit for it, but there's the same people that don't have shit. Okay. And so. Hey. They gave up. They didn't figure it out. They didn't want to figure it out. They thought it was stupid or whatever. Don't attack me, bro. I'm just doing my thing. Right. You know I mean? And and we'll get to that. But I think one interesting thing we could talk about from your perspective is like what you would tell a kid who's young and hungry and coming up and wants to make things happen for him. What advice would you give him on making himself or herself valuable to a sponsor to to make take that next step upward like how do you be how are you valuable to your sponsor how do you make that happen i mean i think there's different levels of it you know when when okay it's like when i was younger and the generation i'm from it was all about competing you know mm-hmm. yep so what is it now all about like the video part instagram video parts the okay. internet so people could could so so what what do people do they they uh create their own brand whether it's smoke and mirrors whether it's just this that whatever not smoke and mirrors. what i'm saying is you create like an image or a brand yep like a 12 year old kid he doesn't understand any of that stuff you know mm-hmm. what i mean Maybe some of it because we're in this this technology world nowadays but i think like for any kid out there that like you know something that makes you valuable is number one do things because you love it if you're doing it with the objective of like what you can get out of it financially or what you can get out of it for your ego yep. it's two things if you do it because you love it i've seen them come and go man and if you do it because you love it you're going to be able to like, don't burn bridges, do things because you love it. And always just keeps, just always keep, keep carry a good positive vibe. And people like to be around people with a positive vibe, you know, yeah. like you don't have to be the best rider. You could be the best rider and no one likes you, bro. Yeah. Like, it's real. like you, got, you got no market value. You're a logo placement for TV. Okay. I get it. But if you're a person that somebody likes and you still could hang with that and still be able to have your own style, I think I think for me, if I was telling a kid, is just really have your own style, do your own thing, and, and and carry a positive vibe. Yeah, and I mean, you show a lot of love to the people who support you on your Instagram and stuff. I think that can be an important part of it too. Yeah, no, well, that's the brand, the, the branding of like someone that wants. See, nowadays kids can do. I, I was I was telling my son this the other day because he's he's a hardcore football player, and it's a different world, you know. But right. I was, I was saying. When we grew up, I had to bust tables in Olive Garden, save money to scrounge to get to the next contest. Hopefully, place good enough. If I did, hopefully land a photo in a magazine. If I did, Xerox it. Uh, when that happened in 1989, call the companies up, ask who the team manager is. Blindside, you don't know him. You didn't have phones. You didn't have no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, didn't have, you didn't have cell phones. I mean, 
Then you had to Xerox the resume together, send it in, not never even meeting the person, talking to them once on the phone and crossing your fingers that they're interested in you. Yep. And I did. And, and, and I did that with a power bar. It was the first one that sponsored me, bro. Crazy. Yeah. And the point I'm trying to make is kids nowadays, your Instagram is your resume. Yep. Your Instagram is your automatic bio. Yeah. I don't have to go, go to my website for what? It's all right there on your Instagram. Yeah. I, they don't scroll. You can figure out what someone's like in the first two or three rows of their Instagram, without what they're about, what they look like. Keep that polished representation, what you look like if you're going after it. And you got to ask yourself this, what are you going after? You want to be in the Olympics? You want to be in the X Games? You want to be in the World Championships? Do you want a sick video part or do you want it all? Yeah, right. I don't know. You, you, if you, you know, you put in the work, man. But I just say the reason I went on that big rant is that kids nowadays, they can create their own, their own shit, man. Like their own, all of it's right there in a click. I hit, dude, I DM fools for sponsorships yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, dude, what I just told you about trying to get sponsored and I could just click. Yeah. DM. Come on, man. Like, dude. It's just definitely way more accessible these days. And if you put thought into what you're doing, and you represent yourself well. You have the you could have the opportunity to represent someone else, and if you do that well, that opens up more opportunities too. And remember, people they like you. They sponsor you also because they like you, but they can't sponsor you just because they like you. And you can't get them coverage. Sponsorship games. If we're talking about kids wanting to be sponsored, sponsorship games is you got to get coverage. Me doing this podcast right now is coverage. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I'll do distance from my sponsors and for what I love. You have to be able to, to put in the work, man, and, and it's a lot of work, but you can do it. So. Right. Well, uh, speaking on those sponsors, who are they? Let's do it what? full. Let's go all the way. Oh, man. Okay, I got Monster, number one. Yeah. Uh, NeuroBF, Clocks and Colors, JT Racing, uh, Venom Watches, Venom Watches, uh, uh, GoPro. Um, I got a bunch of sponsors that give me stuff like Old Bones Therapy, uh, you know, Garden of Life. Uh, vans um yeah man you know that's awesome yeah it's, it's awesome to see you're still doing it and so we'll take it back to what we talked you're starting to talk about before that whole conversation and i wanted to ask and i, I mean i feel like i already you started to get into it but like did you feel like the core of bmx didn't accept you in in riding yeah okay okay so we're talking about okay i, I know exactly where you're going we're talking like 2005, 2006 started to happen, seven or so, it was heavy. And here's the deal, bro. I'll just make it very loud and clear. Those dudes that didn't accept me weren't around when I started anyways. Mm -hmm. so, real? Eh. You feel me? Yeah. It was almost more like, you guys need to open your eyes and quit chasing things. And, and if you got this big identity problem with what you're doing in this sport, quit chasing something that you're not. Be who you are. Mm -hmm. and all I was trying to do, that's all I was trying to say. And check it out, bro. There's like a lot of like, I had a lot of opportunities happen for me. Uh, and a lot of people never really understood that I made money more. I made more money. And it wasn't about making money. I'm not bragging about money right now. I'm trying yeah. To a lot of my income came from movies, TV, touring, not just being in my scene with my homies at the backyard uh, shooting some photos. I was out grinding three shows a day, putting your body through it while you're hurt, doing this or that. 
like it's it's blue collar work, bro. It's like getting up doing it when you don't want to do it. Right. And so I was making like money more that way than I was, especially hosting TV shows. I did I worked for ESPN for five years straight. I did three different shows on the network, and then I did their radio for nine years. So as I'm doing TV and radio for ESPN and ABC Radio, yeah, more money came from that than writing. But people got it so twisted. They were like, oh, I could do this trick, but he does that trick, and he's cheesy. And I did all these crazy ads. I'll just say it. I did all these crazy ads with Free Agent. Uh, I was trying to trying to make a point. I was using people's criticism in the ads. The same people that criticized me weren't smart enough to figure out that I was fucking clowning them. And it backfired. Yeah. And so the reality was is that I felt like at the time BMX was chasing – Trying to be, uh, uh, and, and I don't take this the wrong way, I take it very lightly, trying to be, follow what skating was doing constantly. Well, it's still happening, so I won't take that but, the wrong way. <laughs> but the reality is, I'm influenced by so much in this world that I don't need one thing to have this tunnel vision on what I should be. And that was made me different. And I'll tell you this much right now, when you're different in that world at the time, where everyone's too afraid to be themselves, mm -hmm. I stood out like thumb and they go oh well, he has this he has that he has this he has that oh let's attack him let's just shoot him down it's like you didn't shoot me down at all i'm still here where are you guys at yeah you feel me so yep. so the way the way that i see it is is that like i went through a lot though dude i'll be honest with you it hurt me really bad at, at the time i was hurt uh what i used to stand up for and, and fight against was now fighting me yeah because i made money hosting tv shows do you do you I don't think any of those people really realize how much integrity I fought for, for all of the sports of action sports that ESPN had no clue about at that time, that the stuff they wanted me to do, I fought against. Yeah. So up for it quite a bit to just fight against it, which was like, really guys, come on now. Well, um, the whole thing of this conversation, the reason why I brought it up is because <laughs> what, well, what, I'll say that, I learned a lot, you know? Well, ahead, the, the whole point of it is just the fact that the entire time you're just being yourself in a world where it's BMX is counterculture. It's all about like going against the grain and like what better way of going against norm normality is to be yourself because no one else is you. And I feel like from what I've gathered, you got you got a lot of backlash for just who you were and being yourself and nobody can fake it for as long like you can't be faking it this long like you no. are you well the thing is is that i was being myself in a world of a lot of people that were not being themselves they were too afraid to be themselves because they were afraid of what the industry would say about them yeah me and these are all new jacks to me bro i've been in this game longer yeah and i don't you ain't gonna tell me how to dress or what to do come on man show respect you know what i'm saying i you know i'm not trying to tell you how to dress and and so and, and, and you know what I did? I got a lot of backlash because there was a lot of jealousy. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Guess what? Here's what happened to me. Industry came to me. I lost almost every one of my sponsors. I had two kids. I had a house I worked for my whole life. I was married. Lost a wife. Lost the house. Moved back into a little square, 900 square foot apartment with two kids barely getting by. So if anyone out there is listening, good for you. But I just got back on my feet and kept jamming. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you, you, you can't like, like in a world, uh, in a world. If you're in a world of people 
and there's only so many slices of the pie of a lot. And I was different back then though too. I, I, I'll take some. I'll take some of the credit. I was loud and I was obnoxious and I was different. But I've learned a lot. Yeah. I've learned a lot through the years. But it did hurt me, man. I got so isolated, so alone, uh, so scared. Like, what am I gonna do with two kids? I, I got no family. Uh, dude, I mean, it's different when you're a bike rider and you you take care of yourself and you live with a couple of homies. You know, I had two little babies I had to take care of and no help, and mm-hmm. it was it was brutal, bro. But what? I guess the point to the story is this, bro, because I knew we were gonna tap into this, and it's great. It's all these old stories. Is I knew I needed to get back on my bike and ride. Yep. That's exactly what I did, bro. I was, I was like, got tired of crying, got tired of being upset, got had the chip on my shoulder. The happy-go-lucky Rick was now the negative Rick. People don't want to be around me. Poor me, poor me. Pity, 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 pity. And then I just started riding, bro. I got a GoPro and started riding again. And and that's when my life changed back to where get back to what you got to do. Don't worry about these people that aren't your friends, anyways. Yeah. I mean, even even Moeller you had on here. Mm-hmm. They pre- did a print ad of me dressed up as me. Yeah. I don't know that. Like, you know how long I know that DI for? I know him for a long time. And I was like, dang, man, that really hurt my that that really hurt my feelings because I was like, I understand like where you guys are at in the sport. I understand your brand. I understand your market. I understand the people that are into your brand. I get it. Mm-hmm. They're like anti kind of me guy at the time on TV, blah blah blah. But at the same time, I'm probably a guy that got them into BMX because they saw me on TV. Yeah. And What's crazy about it is, is that like, I mean, when you have print ads made fun of you, I don't know how anyone else out there would feel, but I felt very alienated. I felt very like, whoa, like none of these people are my friends. They never were. They would, I would never do that to a friend of mine as a joke. Right. Not like at that level. And I ain't mad. I ain't mad at homie. I don't care. Like bygones be bygones. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hung up on it anymore, but for a long time I was. And then. I had to learn these lessons in life outside of BMX of like what I needed to do to, to, to stop making the same mistakes on my own personal relationships, but also too what I needed to do to get myself back where I need to be. And, 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 and I haven't talked about this in a long while. So I always had to remind myself that, that this is an old story and that this isn't happening now. But it took a long road, and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, how many years you got to constantly prove yourself that you're right? I've, I've done enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm over, but how much? What else do you want me to do? I'm a white trash kid from Missouri. I, I got I got a house. I got on MTV Cribs because I have a personality. Get a personality, dude. I don't know what to tell you, but but when you have the majority of people that don't have personalities coming at you, thinking that you got like all this and that, and they don't know. They don't know anything about TV and movies and royalties on shit. They don't know what's going on. They mm-hmm. just sing about like, get him. He's he's a biker. Get him. And I was like, man, you guys are a joke, man. Yeah. This is how. I, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to get worked up, but that's just how I felt about it. I was like, really, guys? No, I'll be I'll be totally real with you because we haven't talked before today. That this is, I mean, I've lived it too, not to the extent you have, but. I mean, you see my hair straight out of the mid-2000s. The way I ride, I do ice pick stalls and solve the Rubik's Cube in an ice pick stall. I brush my teeth in an ice pick stall because it's funny and I can do that. And <laughs> and people, you get you get people who are like, oh, whatever. And I got weird handlebars that got a bent crossbar so I can do candy bar trick. And, and I feel that 
that backlash that you get from people and I'm, I'm lucky that it's kind of like faded away a little bit with time but there's there's a message that I've always tried to push through and that you should always just be yourself and and that's all that'll ever really matter at the end of the day is that you were yourself and that there's more pride to be had in that than trying to be a clone of someone else and having all of the success in the world. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and you know what, dude, when things are different in anything, we're talking BMX because that's what we do. But if things are different in anything, for the most part, it seems like you're going to get singled out. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something to be different, to get attention, that's different. If you're just being yourself, whatever. Me, I had a lot of opportunities fall in my lap because I've, I, I, I've been given a personality that I didn't realize, realize that I have sometimes. It's just mm-hmm. me being, and it's been able to be utilized in different ways. And then I figured out, like, well, I can't live off my contest results my whole life. Oh, am I supposed to be 60, still trying to, to make top 10 in the X Games? Come on, bro. I, already, I competed nine X Games. How many more do you want from me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or to where I have a value to you. If I don't now, then I never will. And that's okay because you, you do your thing. But listen, man, I will say this. I will say this. In a weird way, I'm kind of glad things happened the way they did. Yeah. I'll tell you. Because I was making a lot of the same mistakes. I was more insecure at the time. Uh, I, I thought I was taking more risk that I wasn't. Uh, I was in relationships that I wasn't happy about. I learned a lot about myself as a person. That things that I needed to change, the things that I needed to attract for me. Uh, that, you know, uh, in a weird kind of way, uh, I, I took a, a valuation and looked at myself real deeply and focused on changing myself. And the things that I thought I needed, I didn't need. Mm-hmm. After and my writings, like you asked me earlier, my writing's still good. Yeah, you know? you're still killing it. It's, it's it's not it's not like, but I I kind of almost thank those dudes that talk shit. So I wanted to reprove myself at the time. To push me. I see some of those dudes now, man. And they're like, it's funny, man. You, you see some people and they're like, hey, man, you still ride? They're kind of smirking, like, bro. I told this dude, I ride more in a day than you do a year. <laughs> but, you know, you get in their mind, they're stuck like in this era of time and they, they ride every now and then. And they, they might have been one of those guys that, that tried to clown me. And the thing is, I never backed down. Mm-hmm. But, but I just at that time, it was a weird time, but it was supposed to happen the way it did. And it did. And I'm glad it did. And keep it moving. You know what I mean? And I, I, don't, I don't hold any grudges, man. I really don't. I don't hold any grudges against anybody. I don't I don't really care. Yeah. Then, a lot of them I don't even know. They're not my friends. It doesn't matter. And if you're talking about me, I guess I'm doing something right. You know, so hey, there that's, you go. That's exactly it. And, yeah, and, man. and how you said at a certain point you feel like is good for you. And I feel the same way in that it, it gets you to a place in yourself where you realize, like, I'm not putting on this face. I'm not putting on a fake personality. Like, this is just who I am. And, like, if you don't like who I am, well, then that's on you because it's just who I am. Like my weird bars, my hair, my ice pick candy bars. Like that's just who I am. And and if people say anything, whatever. Yeah, the, the younger crews give you shit or something. No, there was just a period in time where, like, when I was starting this whole YouTube stuff, and like it was just not cool to be on YouTube and talk to the camera and stuff. So it was like it became a thing, and I think people finally realized, like, oh, that's just who this guy is. And and yeah. through time, it was like. Oh, like, yeah, you see, they see everything I'm doing. It's like, okay. 
it is okay, dude. That's right. I just keep being you. And and the thing is, though, BMX is its own worst enemy, you know, in a fucking crazy, weird, weird, weird way. Like, just be. It's okay to have everybody's got to look the same. You know what I mean? There's a, there's an old there's a there's a lyric in the minor threat song. You tell me that you want to be different. You just change for the same. <laughs> yeah. Ian McKay, minor threat. Look it up. Yeah. And but I, I'm not I'm not no high horse or dude. I got my own daily struggles. I work my ass off to still stay in shape and ride. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm looking at my sauna. I sit in a sauna. I go to the gym. I work out. I stretch. I ride a day. I watch what I eat. Yeah. Like it's not it's not coincidental. It's it's I'm still always thinking about shit and stuff I want to do and you know life's just too short, bro. You know I'll just be real with you. You, you life's real 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 short. And exactly. You 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 got to make yourself happy. We us as humans, it's 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 nice to feel accepted. It's nice to feel like you're part of something. And and I think that was the most heartbreaking thing for me, is a lot of the people in the industry that were talking bad about me at that time years ago they knew where i was from they knew i worked in an olive garden for seven years busting tables they knew that i had my my face peeled off they knew all those injuries i've been through they knew the struggle i'd been through to finally like and no one was happy for you and it said to me that no one ever will be you have to be happy for yourself Mm -hmm. no one's it's not their job and i'm not holding against you i don't care like I, i learned to be happy for myself yep I feel bad for that, and that was my big problem. I, I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, um, man. For being happy, you know what I mean. So, but but us as humans, we want to be part of something. We want to we want to feel like we're we're part of a crew. Even me right now seems like damn man, but then I go okay, it's cool. Let's keep moving. Uh, and when you feel like that goes against you, it's, it, it it hurts because like what? I, I made some money. Money yeah. comes and goes. You know. Yep. Well. Yeah, man. Let's shift gears a little bit because you talked about. I don't want to make this depressing. Hopefully, I'm not. No, you're not at all. This is. Okay, I wanted good. to have this conversation because I, this I will beat the dead horse of being yourself until the day I die because it is the most important. Well, that's the message you would like to send. You're saying that is the most important thing that I could do is send that message because if one kid sees something that I do where it's like, dude, what people say doesn't matter. Do what you want to do. What makes you happy and be yourself and they see that and then we get the next influential like thing in bmx because they were themselves and pushed it so far that it became an influential thing like you don't get a mike aiken by him trying to copy and be other people and not be himself like yeah it just doesn't happen that way exactly (laughs) but uh i like that message it's it's a it's a good message to have and you know and you, you, you have to work things out, man. And, and and I'll tell you this much. One thing that's always helped me is that I've never been into drugs. I drink very little. I've, I've thought about everything with a clear, open mind. Uh, not once to ever think about hurting myself or, or belling out or any stuff that's crazy. Uh, and, and really, honestly, like when you think things in a clear state of mind and you stay clear, uh, you, it just it, the, the, there is such a truth to that. That old saying is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 100%. Yep. 100%. You know, so yeah, man, it's behind me. I mean, whatever, whatever's clever. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna still do my thing, and I'm, t- I'm, I'm too old to be tripping on dudes saying you got four pegs or some shit. My two, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you say too old, but uh, how is there anything? I mean, you said you got sauna, so I know there's things you're doing to keep yourself 
riding and at a level like what all are you doing to for the longevity of it okay well the sauna jacuzzi gym all that kind of stuff right riding yep. riding on the street you know because you go to the skate park it's not really like cardio you like do a run you sit and you yep. it's not like cardio um diet is the main thing stretching neuromuscular massage i i, man, I, I go to the core this guy taught me i saw him for years and he's take like a rock and scrape my ligaments and tendons oh my god <laughs> Art is the art of acknowledging pain and accepting it. Uh-huh. Don't accept it. You want to protect it, and therefore you're not letting it go. Okay. So it's, a, it's the art of acknowledging pain and letting go. So my my pain tolerance is very high. Um, my son, he just started working. He's 14, so we, last six months we got in the gym every day. So he's got me back in the gym. So I'm like, all right. So working out has really helped me a lot, actually, as well. But to feel a lot lighter on my feet. Mm-hmm. But really, man, it's just the will to want to do it, you know, and just, but I'll tell you a lot, when you get older, uh, it's it's what you eat, and if you get heavy, and, and you, you know, if you put, like, a lot of pounds on, it affects your back and your knees. I mean, I got up to 200 pounds during COVID, mm-hmm. which is weird, because I'd always been about 165 forever, and I was like, how am I at 200 pounds, 203, actually? I was like, what? And I was riding more. Yeah. And... I said, oh, it's my age, man. It's like, it's like, so I had to cut back on like sugar and, you know, the, the good things, or the, the, the things that taste the great. tasty <laughs> things, yeah. But I mean, that's the main thing, bro, is just the mind and like, and just the will to want to do it, you know? And I think that like, me and Dennis McQuay made a pack a long time ago. I don't think I've ever even said this to anyone on, on like podcast. We, we challenged each other to see who could ride the longest. In life? Yeah. Nice. I was like, shit. I was 18. He might have been 20. We used to go to this underground parking lot and ride, practice flatland all night. We get there like around midnight, say there's six in the morning when it's cold out. I know the I know the Midwest, this Kansas City, same thing. Snow, shit. Mm-hmm. And we get ready for the contest. I remember we made a pack in the parking lot that night. Just me and him. Bitch, I'm ride longer than you. I'll ride longer than you. And it's because no one's never taken it to the max. Yeah. But it's not even so much that. I just think that, you know, it's just part of me that it's just the feeling inside. And, uh, you know, yeah, I play music. It's great. I do comedy. It's amazing. All the other stuff I do is amazing. I love it. It still doesn't compare to bike riding. Got lucky, man. We got us bikers. I feel like we got lucky. That's why I feel like I wanted to hang on to it as much as I could, you know, as I can. Mm-hmm. Because a day comes where I can't ride. I'm. I'm not going to be too stoked about it. I don't think anyone's stoked about that, you know? Right. And I feel like we don't really fully know yet how long or how old a person can be and still ride because BMX hasn't been around for 200 years for people's lifetimes to pass all the way by. Like, we we still don't know. You could be 80 and still cruising a racetrack. We, I mean, you really don't, we don't know yet. And I think the main thing is, is that as long as you start eliminating tension in your body, through the neuromuscular massage, deep tissue massage, like getting to the core mm-hmm. uh, and, and shaking your spine and staying in alignment and staying aligned this way and this way, you and staying light, that that's going to help you ride longer because layer tension over the years, things that bother you, weigh you down, mm-hmm. bring you down, posture, it affects everything. And then weight, putting on weight messes with your knees. You got a big belly that's going to be out of your knees and your back. And so, you're afraid to fall because you're afraid you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Flexibility, flexibility, bro. That's it. It makes total sense. Uh, 
I'll be like Iggy Pop of, of BMX. <laughs> there you but go. That dude needs butter. I love you, Iggy. That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that leads me right into a perfect uh, segue to one thing I was very, very curious of. So I've heard you talk about meeting some high profile people before. Was there anyone that you met that's like a household celebrity name that was super stoked on BMX? Or if there was multiples, who was the most stoked? Man, let me think here. There's a lot of people we met or do meet. They might not ride, but they know it. They're like, oh, BMX is cool. We should do that. Yeah, so I just mean like they're like, oh, dude, BMX is awesome. Not necessarily that they ever rode or anything. Just who was like, like, oh, dude, this is a really awesome thing that you do. Um, I've never been asked that question. I mean, I'm going through my Rolodex here. Yeah, no worries at all. I just in my head, like everybody seems to be pretty stoked. I mean, one dude that was real stoked about it. And we talked about it for a while, about in detail for bike parts and shit, like what cranks you used to run and pedals and shit yeah. was Pantera. Who's that? Bill from Pantera. Oh, no. Well, he had the S&M shirt on in the one picture. He yeah. Ride. That's why he used to ride, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for him, it was like we, we geeked out and talked for a long time on his bus about like bullseye hubs and hutch pedals. And you know what I mean? I was like, what? Like this, the, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I met like Shaq before and Shaq's like, I used to ride those little bikes. And I remember... I did a Shacktacular event like 1997, maybe. I have a photo of it, bro. And he said, sit on your bike. And so I sat down and he grabbed the back of my seat, my bars, and lifted me. <laughs> and then someone's like, yo, Shaq over here. He's like, huh? And as he turned, I was shook my bacon. I was like, dude, this dude's a beast. Um, but like Kevin James, Small Cop, all the, he was Vin Diesel, all those movies and stuff we did, they were all stoked on it. I'm just trying to think of anyone that actually like rode or like was so psyched about like, you know, all the band. There's been so many bands that mm-hmm. Tim from Rancid was really hyped on bikes. And I got him some Hoffman bikes back in the day because he didn't have a car, you know, because he used to ride as a kid. I think a lot of people rode as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, who doesn't, right? Who doesn't get a bike? At some yeah, point right. Everybody has a bike. Kind of a thing you do. And, so I just think the relationship was like always been like tripped out on the level you're taking it. But like a lot of people you meet, you see what, what was, what happened with me was is I was doing TV stuff and I didn't really realize that people were watching it. Yeah. And I never thought about it. I never like woke up in the morning and was like, yeah, I'm on TV. Ever. Right. Or like brush my teeth. Like, yeah, uh-huh, eh. these people, I'm going to walk out today and they're going to notice me because I was on TV. Never. Not mm-hmm. once. So when someone recognized me, I was like a genuine compliment. Even it's like, because I didn't get anyone was paying attention. Mm-hmm. And this made my life, dude. We did ESPN Action Sports Music Awards show. And it was like, Black Sabbath played there. They had all these celebrities there. They gave, it was the first awards show. And I was working for ESPN. And ESPN's pushing me through the lot, the crowd, because I'm trying to film the show X Today that I did and then also film the sports show. So I was filming two shows like the same day. It was chaotic. And I see this hand come through the crowd and I heard, nice to meet you. More like that. And then my head was down and I stopped. I was like, master of puppets? <laughs> James Hetfield. I was like, nice to meet you. Uh, 
I gotta go film. I was like, look at that. I was like, oh my God, I blew it. I should have said hi to him. Why did you say hi to him? Ah, uh, uh, Metallica. People were watching and I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea. I was still stuck in my own head of like, X Games coming up. Oh, X Trials. I gotta make sure I qualify. Oh, let's get to the ramp. Oh, TV. Okay, do that. Okay, how's that over? Okay, back to writing. Uh, I never stopped. You so were from so. I didn't really like, didn't really grasp until after it went away. And then I was like, oh, I interviewed a lot of cool people. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I really never did. I never even really watched myself on TV. I never watched it. Oh, dude, it sounds like you were so ingrained in just doing you and riding bikes that you you just weren't, you didn't do those things. You didn't watch it. You didn't, that's no. not what you were focused on. And I never got caught up. I mean, I love meeting people and, and, uh, you know, all types of people, not just famous people, just like all types of people. Mm -hmm. And, but I never, I never really dawned on me that like people looked at me like, like that. Yeah. So then when all that stuff we talked about earlier happened, that's why I was really hit hard. I was like, what's going on? Right. I, I got it. I wasn't that stupid, but I was like, like, huh? Like it was just a weird, it was weird. It was a weird thing. And, but you know, Hey, look, a lot of people that are successful get, get static, you know, for, for shit they do. Yeah. But, success and it's fine but meeting a lot of people has been really cool uh a lot of cool opportunities uh, luckily i like i like meeting people organically anyways you know mm -hmm. and that seems to happen quite a bit for me in my life so you know that's awesome man pretty cool i mean my first memories of you because like i told you before we came on here it's like i didn't really watch videos and stuff and look into the past of bmx because i was so focused on just riding and filming my own videos is that my first memories are playing PS2, American Wasteland, and this dude teaching BMX tricks in the game and, like, you know, just just being stoked. Like, holy crap, there's BMX in this skateboarding game that I'm playing. And, and still to this day, I'll be totally honest with you, to this day, I still feel like that game was the best BMX, like, what you could do in that game trick wise and all that stuff was the best one that there was yeah because activision i mean dave mary's game was good but activision i felt like was uh what, what, what company was he with thq i'm not sure uh it, it was a good game but i i felt like activision software and their games were like just you know they did sean palmer game they did tony hawk games they did matt hoffman pro bmx so i just felt like they had better Better graphics and stuff, you know? Never Dude, soft in Activision. What was it? Never soft in Activision. That's it. Yeah, I, I, uh, that came on organically. That was like, you know, uh, Activision wanted to put me in that and asked Tony, and Tony's like, sure. That's so cool because you were the only BMX in that game, and then you could just but ride. But that's in people, too. That like, I don't get that because that literally. I, I I do, trust me. I, this is why. I'll tell you why. Sorry to cut you off. It's because jealousy's a bitch. And mm -hmm. when I would see people get something in the past, I may have been jealous, but then I learned real quick after doing that all the time that, like, if I keep being jealous of these people and I'm not happy for them, I'm not seeing it for myself. So if you see success for someone else and you're genuinely happy, oh, man, that's awesome. You see success for yourself, and that's what your subconscious mind sees for you. If you are jealous for everyone, then you're always just going to see the jealousy. It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I had to, like, life's learning, man. We all learn. We all learn. Yeah. It's all good.
Shit, let's do another game. You know what they need to do? They need to reissue Matt Hoffman Pro BMX 1 and 2 and American Wasteland. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. I mean, I you, this isn't the first time you've been on my YouTube channel. I played American Wasteland and did the BMX stuff, like playing it on here years ago. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that I, was dumb, man. That was crazy. There would be a lot of people who would be really stoked if they reissued those games, made better graphics, whatever. Well, they did Tony Hawk 1 and 2 not too long ago. Oh, is it coming? Tony, Tony, many of you guys should do American Wasteland. He's just like, you're in it? I was like, yeah, because I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, mean, I love you, but you know what I mean? Hey. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> yes. That's so funny. But it'd be awesome if they did. And well, Speaking of Tony Hawk, he's the raddest dude ever. Yeah? Yeah, man. Talk about a dude that's the same dude. Like, he's like, he's like the most... He's always been the same, bro. I've known him. For, the first shows I did with him were in 1992, and it was a tech. It was a Detroit State Fair. It was me, Hoffman, uh, McCoy, and Hawk for Sprocket Jockeys. Mm-hmm. I think Steve Swope was there. Uh, yeah, man. And that, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's when I first met him. And I'll just say this: was that 30 years? It's been the same dude. Well, I, there's a saying that money and success sure. only make you more of who you are yeah it's good yeah i feel like it's definitely true and that we see that because when people get successful they either you know take it further as who they are or they uh you find out who they are yeah yeah you do and i mean and that just goes back to all the stuff we're saying you know what your intentions are mm -hmm. i don't you could be out here like this but on the inside be like uh you know i don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. With me, I've always been kind of an open book, wear my heart on my sleeve kind of guy, and that's worked for me and against me. Uh, but it's just life, man. It's just like you, you, you know, you, you, you just got to be. I don't. You know what your intentions are when you start something. Yep. Like I say, kids nowadays, they could, they could be enticed to start BMX because they can make a career out of it. Do I think that's bad? No, I don't at all. I think it's great. Don't go through what I went through. It was a grind, bro. Mm. You don't have to go through what I went through to be sponsored to even get like a free pair of shin guards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing things cause you love it, you're doing the reason you're gonna do it. I can't tell you if you're right or wrong, only you can and you have to live with that. I don't. Right. So so like whatever you choose to do is on you. And I, I like the fact that I see these like 10, 11, 12 year old kids like truck driving spines and shit, blowing me away. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, this is sick. Why not take it to, I wish that was me as a kid. I'm not, I, I, that's at that age. That's amazing. Yeah. So and the fact that people, you know, going back to your question, what would you tell a kid about, you know, to be sponsored, this, that, whatever. It's cool that you can do it. And it's cool that parents support it, bro. I'm from the generation where like, we wanted to get gunned down, bro. Like at school, people didn't like us. Uh, no one did. BMX and skate was new. Punk rock was new. Going to high school in 1982. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, riding BMX bikes, they, they were coming at you. So the fact that people like can can do something with it, positive and constructive, because I love the sport. I love bike riding. Not, I don't want it to end with me. Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. So I just think it's cool that there's an industry where people could actually make a, somewhat of a living at it uh, to keep it going, man. You know? Yeah, you combine that with the internet and the possibilities are just... Very well, right now, there's a lot of stuff working against BMX. Uh, 
besides itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a constant. Bikes, so, bikes, scooters, uh, uh, big rippers. Yeah. Uh, you know that the the people are buying those. It's, you know, the bike life world. A lot of people are into that world. A lot of numbers are there. A lot of people are buying those bikes. A lot of young kids are starting out on those bikes. Cool, man. Good for them. But it's you know, with the BMX world, it's kind of like, well, is that still growing, or did it did it kind of like, you know what I mean? Well, I that kind of what leads you- me into a topic I did want to bring up with you in the Olympics because there's no bike life type of stuff in the Olympics, so people could watch the Olympics and they're not going to see mountain biking. They're not going to see scooters. They're not going to see the bike life stuff. They're going to see BMX or skateboarding in that side of things. And so there's that that's going for us. And I was curious what your thoughts on the Olympics were. Uh, Look, man, some people were talking smack on the Olympics, just like they was talking shit on us about X games. Mm -hmm. I never looked at X games as a way that I thought I was better. I'd already been competing for years. I was like, dude, do, uh, well, you want to do the grind we did? Yeah. You know, seven people in the back of an Astro van. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. We still had to do that to go to the first few X Games. No one was sending us. Like, do I think it's bad? No, not at all. Yeah. I think it's it's like uh, something that could help the sport. Of course. Like, absolutely. Do I think those riders, people, people that are those judges that are from the old school that didn't, you know, might not have made what they, they're making now? Uh, you know, working for the committee, being a judge or a trainer or an organization or whatever, and they're trading jobs for their families, they have kids, to still put BMX out there. I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. Uh, once again, it's don't think it's just because it's different in our world that it's a bad thing, and all of a sudden let's attack it. If you want to grow up to be an Olympic rider, be an Olympic rider. It's not going to change what I'm doing. Yep. See, the thing is, is that I, mean, I could be wrong. But I don't know if people look to like one thing or one event that like is the mold of what BMX is supposed to be. No, I, I feel like what, there's... Whatever you want it to be. Right, right. The, I... Yeah, the Olympics to me, after I saw all the contests and stuff, uh, just seemed like another contest. Because yeah. I'm, I'm in that world. Like, but if someone's looking in, it's like as an, an entertainment aspect. Well, it wasn't much different than what... I, X Games is doing. We'll mm. see. No, hold on a second. What X Games used to do. Yeah. I, mean, I just think that people, there's a lot of people that get bent out of shape about it. Uh, I'm sure that there's some pros and cons to it. There's probably, I don't know all the details of like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't work internally with them. But from the outside looking in, I know what it's like in BMX to make a living as a bike rider because we don't sell a lot of royalties of stuff. Right. If we do, it's a frame that no one expects to break their whole life. So how many frames do you expect to sell? And you get like eight bucks a frame or some shit. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you have to do other things. And yep. if you've been given the opportunity, you're good enough. You know, I, 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 if they were to say right now, hey, we're going to do an old fart class in the Olympics. We're gonna go, I would go compete in that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to reach people and, and I'm an entertainer and I like to perform and I like to be in front of people and I like to... All of it. I like all of it. Mm-hmm. But do I think that that's like, do you need a coach in order to be a competitor? No. Mm-hmm. Do I think that you need like to be coached to compete? No. One thing I will say about it is that I, I hope that it, it doesn't go to a level where you have to land a trick and execute it a certain way. That personal style will still be like 
something that you can have in the sport and like uh, a riding style, but also to like, you know, we're not gymnasts. Yeah. You know what I'm so like the whole like, you know, you see what I'm saying? It's got to be done in a particular way. As long as it keeps somewhat of an attitude in it, then it, it can help the sport, I think. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people who don't look at it like people see something like the Olympics or X Games and that that's like where everybody who gets into BMX from that is going to end up or thinks they're going to end up. It's like they see that and that's the catalyst that gets them into it in general and then they take it somewhere from there. Like the Edwin De La Rosa example of he saw X Games on TV and then became Edwin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know Edwin real well. I love him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. But yeah, I mean, I know I sound all pro positive, go Olympic, go Olympic. Uh, you know, uh, listen, man, you're talking to a guy that lived it through the X Games and through like, you know, a lot of criticism from the industry of like, we're core riders, you guys, contest riders. Mm -hmm. Like, do it all, bro. Like, why, why are you limiting yourself? Uh, you know, uh, go to the contest and qualify. Oh, you don't want to go to the contest and qualify. All right. <laughs> but x but x games got to the level where it downgraded quite a bit yeah i mean like one year it was like was it streamed live on twitter or some shit like from what it was this this thing and, yeah. and at, first, at first i saw the olympics and i was like well didn't we have our own olympics already called the x games because that's that's what i was thinking like well this was this is our own thing now we're gonna have all these restrictions and this and that there probably are like i said i'm not I don't know all the details yeah. because I've chose to just like not get involved mm -hmm. and because I'm, I'm, I'm doing my other, I'm doing my thing, you know? Um, but do I think it's bad as far as for kids looking in what BMX needs, um, the, the help for people to get involved. Uh, I don't think it's bad. Hell yeah. Uh, and if someone does, then, Okay, who cares? I mean, you know, I don't care. Yeah, like, don't watch it if you don't th if you think it's bad. There's so many contests now that go to those other, go to the industry contests, go to the backyard contests, go to the core contests, or don't mm -hmm. go to any of them. You don't have to. But don't get mad if someone has an opportunity. You that's, want the opportunity? Go, go, it's work, so go after it. Yeah, that's, I think that's the point. Yeah, man, I had to, bro. I'm from Missouri, bro. Dude, no, no. It's just so crazy if I could explain, like, what it was like back then. Like, you rode because you liked it. You didn't ride because there's there's nothing, bro. Like mm -hmm. we didn't build it, we didn't ride it. Period. Yeah. From I know. I'm sure you got the backyard ramps everywhere over there. Oh Probably yeah. Skate park, well, yeah. I mean, there was the local skate parks here and there, but I still had ramps that I built in my driveway. You get it. Yeah. It was, riding for me doesn't stop when I leave the skate park. I want to be able to ride every single second that I'm able to. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, you know, but we'll see, we'll see where it goes. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, so, would let's go outside of BMX a little bit because I saw a post on your Instagram about comedy and you mentioned it earlier. What's uh, what do you got going on with comedy? I started doing comedy about. I did a year before COVID. Then COVID, I didn't do anything. And then then COVID, I started doing more. And then I got to the point where I got to be really good at it. I was going to the open mics and trying to figure out how to tell jokes and stuff. And then I started doing my own show at the Rainbow on Sunset. Uh, I did like five of those. And that just ended. Um, 
but I started now I'm starting to book shows. So like, uh, it was just another dream, bro. Another like, another thing of like as a kid, utilizing the personality in a different way to get that feeling of like, yeah, like in mm. a, okay, I'm a band. So when you're in a band, you have a lot more components. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, when you go to do it, I could do comedy right now. You know, you could do your stand up with right. no mic, nothing. So it was just me and it was, it was like, it reminded me of like riding because it's just me and I can just go do my thing and, and get that feeling mm-hmm. for that eight minutes, 10 minutes. And then, and then go write some more jokes, you know, cause yeah. I like me and I've always been that way. And, and, and that was something that I always was in the sport, you know, and it sucked when I lost myself for that minute for a few years, you know, being depressed and angry and shit. But yeah. you use, you know, comedy is like a way to uh, make people laugh. But it, it's it's different telling jokes to you or someone you have like a relationship with, like a friendship with, mm-hmm. than someone that doesn't know you at all. Right. So, you know, uh, comedy's comedy's under gunfire a lot of times. People are just like, I've seen some crazy shit. These people <laughs> want to fight. I was always talking shit. Like. Just one open mic, a dude pulled out a gun. Whoa. Yeah. Why? I was telling, like, people are ultra sensitive about, like, the media has really confused people with that one. And and so comedy is, like, if it's funny, it's funny. Right. Period. If it's hateful, it's hateful. Yeah. So, you know, you you, uh, sometimes people think they're funny to get up there and they're just being hateful. It's not funny. That yeah. makes sense. No, like, a, yeah, an open mic. I could see how you would have that happen, where people would go yeah, up there well, and be hateful on accident, or on purpose. Well, well no, no, no. I, I, for me, I'm not. I'm not like that. I'm just saying. I see other people that are that way, because I'm very aware of like my what I write. But like, right. some people get up there and they, they oh, open mics are a grind, anyways. Okay, open mics in the trenches, bro. It's kind of like. You're learning how to tell a joke, and you're learning how to like say it in front of someone, but no one's really listening. They're on their phones. Mm. They're on their comics waiting to go up next. It's like it's not like an audience. Right. It's different than when you book a show and people are there to see you, or to laugh. Yeah, that too. Right. So, so then you're able to be more like so. A, lo- a lot of times, open mics are for people just have never really kind of been up in front of people. And my buddy Joe Sib, he's like, bro how much shit have you hosted? Like you're used to being in front of people. That's more than half of it. It's like, mm. oh yeah, you're right, man. And so that's why I kind of like went to open mics for a couple of years and then I started to go, oh, I get it. I know how to do it now. So I don't need to, I'm starting to book now. And that's where you want to be. Um, Cause you know, open mics are just the grind, you know? But, yeah. but for me personally, it's just like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I wrote down all these things that I wanted to be one day. And, uh, I felt like I reached a point with writing that I had mastered it, meaning that like, yeah, there's always something you can learn, but you put enough hours into something, you become a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I felt like I'd reached that level to where I was confident enough to do a band and comedy and acting and all these things. And it wasn't going to get in the way of me reaching that level that I needed to reach in writing. And reaching that level of writing help me think like the confidence to do other things you know it's like i always compare it back to to writing it's like oh okay i just totally 
totally bomb that show. Or you bomb a joke midway through. Mm. What do you do if you crash a trick midway run? Get up and keep going. Yep. So you keep, you compare it. You compare it to like, you know, am I going to go to the skate park and just watch? Am I going to ride? Right? Yeah. Am I going to go to the skate park and, 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 and with a bunch of dudes there and do my X Games run and look for approval from them? No, it's kind of like an open mic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. You tell your jokes and everyone else is too absorbed in their shit to like, it's weird. It's a weird, it's weird. It's really weird. It's really but, cool to hear the comparison to riding, though. I compare everything to riding. Like, seriously, like, I, I, I'll break it down. I'll be like, oh, well, what was it like for this? What was it like for that? Imagine if you were doing this, and then you, oh, oh, it's the same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, and that's another thing that riding does for you, bro. Yeah, it's, you just, know? it's just the best thing ever. <laughs> It, it, it is, man, and it's a tough sport, bro. Anyone out there listening, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's it's tough. People need to lighten up on themselves. They need to lighten up on the sport. They need to open up doors, realize that, like, you know, there's room for everybody, and if you want something, go get it. Don't knock down people for what they're doing. And if you're not into it, you're not into it. I've never been, for me, I've never been a guy that's, like, even today, if I don't see someone on Instagram, that I feel the need to comment on it if it's negative. Never. Because I'm like, what is the point? Yeah. And if people leave that on my Instagram, dude, it's so rad. It's just like, report, comment, um, block. Okay. And what were you saying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to deal with it. And those people never do it to your face. Nah, but whatever. Don't matter. Not at all. Comedy is just as competitive, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, Like, comedy is like... Uh, it's a competitive world. A lot of comics. It's just a different, uh, it's, uh, it's a different mentality. It's like it's like music. It's like acting. It's like they're all different, but they're connected in this weird kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could you could see through you know you could see through stuff pretty easy if someone's over competitive or you know uh, there's a lot there's a lot of depressed people in comedy too actually. Well, I mean, when you hear people talk about comics and how you be a successful comic is like, you got to be messed up. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they say like, you got to have something. But don't we all? Yeah, that's the whole thing of like, when you hear people talk about comics, they say like anybody can do it. We all have those things. Yeah, it's just getting, you know, some people get on stage and they do like uh, the things I stay away from are like, I don't do a lot of race jokes. I don't do a lot of sexual jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh next to none i don't do a lot of uh i do a lot of more of stories yeah things that have happened to me personally yep i play my tattoos quite a bit because people don't know me see me on stage like this i already look offensive so i play play off of that so you know uh and and i stay away from like the cheap the cheap easy jokes especially like uh race jokes could be that way a lot of times um yeah so you have like a set? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And and so like the set I've been doing, I've booked, you know, I've been booking shows with, but then you still get more jokes. So then you kind of got your set and you put another one in. Mm-hmm. You know, open mics are kind of like, okay, I guess open mics are good for you to help put a set together. They are yeah. good for that. Um, but once you learn how to, like, like the pros, there's this place called Comedy Chateau. Uh, Kevin Hart did all of his his stuff there before he went on tour. 
Adam Sandler was at the Improv. He did all of his stuff there for everyone mm-hmm. on tour. Bill Burr did all of his stuff at the Comedy Store. And what's cool is I got friends at the Comedy Store where I get to go there whenever I want, go backstage, meet all those dudes. Super cool. It's amazing. But they're able to perform new material in front of a live audience. Yeah. Most people aren't. So to get to that level is where you want to be instead of going into an open mic. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total they're, sense. I've... They're working out their set because they're already famous and people are going to show up anyways and they're just trying out new jokes. Yeah. See what doesn't work, you know? I feel like the open mic is the uh, the session at the skate park and the, the special or the the show that gets booked is like your your x games run where it's all put together in tightly you know organized and presented in a specific way and then all of a sudden here's somebody off the crowd you're from missouri missouri sucks holmes (laughs) and then you gotta you can't can't let them take your power so hey let's have a conversation yeah you know what i mean and then you play off of that and you 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 don't take it personal you 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 find a way to make that person look like a dumbass for coming at you. Mm-hmm. Don't get a laugh because you're. That's all. The deal is, is that I just want laughs. Yeah. As every comedian does. That's that's why we're up there. You get one laugh, there could be another one. There's gonna be another one. Like, that's what comedy is about from a comedian standpoint. Yeah. Is like you hear those laughs. Of course. You want to hear no laughs. <laughs> that would that would majorly suck. Uh, do you see yourself ever filming? Getting to a point where you have so much material, that you want to like film a special or hour type deal, and then come up with more after that. One day, I mean, I film every every set that I do. Yeah. Uh, one day, yeah. I mean, my goals. Raising children has not been easy, and I've I had to stop touring. Uh, something I did for twenty four, twenty five years straight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You know, uh, now that my kids are older, I'm positioning myself. I told someone this the other day, my band Good Guys in Black, we've done a lot of stuff, done a lot of great stuff. Did a short run with Suicidals, opened up for Pennywise, uh, played with Gutter Mouth, Strung Out, on the line, so many great bands. Played festivals, played work Tour, this, that, whatever. And, but I've not been able to like do it like I wanted to do it because I've had children and I needed to raise them. Mm-hmm. And I told my homie the other day, I'm like, I'm, in a weird kind of way, I'm kind of glad that I didn't do all the touring with my band yet because I'm not done at all. I had to raise kids. Mm-hmm. And that's why I knew that. And I've been good to position myself with comedy knowing my kids are going to get older. So then that way I could tour with comedy, I could tour with music. Uh, yeah. Those are my goals. Yeah, bro. Dude, imagine that. I'm sure this is in your mind. Where you go for you tour and you do comedy, music, and writing, <laughs> dude. Dude, I'm telling you, the best thing about about BMX is you'll tour, you you play at night. What are you gonna do all day? Ride. <laughs> there you go. I went. To, I did a two week tour in England, and I hired a band over there, and I took my bike and I rode every day before every show. That's so awesome. Yeah, I would find the local parks. Because it's like, I've been on tour long enough to know that like you're just sitting around and feeling like shit, spending money, eating, you know, like, uh, and then, you, then you're tired by the time you got to perform at like, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, like, dude. And a comic, it's even crazier because you'll go on tour and you may, you may perform like a half hour or something. Yeah. So you're spending that whole day doing what? 
Right. And, and I mean, comedy, you're not, I feel like being in a band, you're super physical and it could take a lot out of you. But comedy, you're kind of just, you know, have a physical presence where you're walking around the stage and just this, the stress of whatever that might be might take a little out of you, but it's not the same as like it being in a band or riding. So like you got all that energy during the day and you're not doing anything till that half hour gets there. Might as well ride. Go ride. Exactly. And that's the blessing with it. Like even if it's pedaling around a city that you've never been to, you know, just cruising around looking, they're just feeling like alive, out riding, pedaling around. Just even that. You're just like, oh, all right. I'll sit in a hotel. Ah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my goals. I mean, you know, because my kids are going to get older, go to college, and then here I am going, all right, what's up? So I'm positioning myself to be like living that life again, being on the road, doing my thing, you know, riding music. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Before, I know you. What's that? I got I got, I got 47 more years left in this earth. Well, got to make the most of them, right? I'm, I'll be 100. Be the first person yep. to ride at 100. That'd be sick. <laughs> People still be talking shit. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he did this ad one time. We're top wrestling in skate park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's pretty funny. Oh. But yeah, I'm, this interview i appreciate it bro yeah thank you for doing it i mean i completely like cold called you on instagram i was just thinking about who would be awesome to do this with and talk to and then i hit you up and then i told my buddy sponge that i was doing it and he's like man like i think that would be a good one because you guys kind of have some stuff in common with the whole like people kind of trying to tear you down type thing and obviously my you don't you deal with that a lot huh not anymore as much it, it, anymore. It's like, what is that hair? Get a haircut or what are those bars? And, uh, you mean from the older dudes or the younger dudes? Just from whoever it's just random. And I don't ever take it seriously because I'm just like, well, everybody's got to have a gimmick. I'm going to make my gimmick be like literally part of who I am so that it's not a gimmick. It's just, it's me. Yeah. I wish I still had hair like you. I'd wear it like that too. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I decided to tattoo my head. Um, yeah, so you so you do so you so you get it, you understand it, you know. Uh, you're uh, it's it's on all levels, it's all walks of life. It's human, bro. Like it's yep. like why you just I tell my kids all the time, like my son with football. I'm like, look, dude, here's the deal. Uh, dudes on your team, uh, not anyone in particular right now. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. dudes will be on your teams. Yeah, and that's just for you. Yeah. And that's that I will like roll the do do no no no. That's an individual sport too. As mm. much as they say it is not. You don't got numbers, you got no negotiation power. Now I know I learned a lot about football. I used to, here's a crazy thing. I used to hate football. I hated football players. We used to fight in school and shit. And then my son's like, I don't play football. Okay. So I had to learn it. And then I got into it. And I just you know, and, and I love it. I love the sport. It's great. And I just had to tell him though, like since we're talking about this, like in life, not everyone's gonna be with the pom poms. Yeah, go, baby, go. Right. Yeah. And not, all your friends are gonna be yeah oh really you got you got to college and I'm working at Starbucks okay yeah good for you yeah go no it doesn't work that way it's, it's it, it, sports and success can be a very lonely world uh uh you got to put yourself around other successful people yep 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 and goes for like what you're going through you say people give you shit I'm sure you got your friends that 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 understand you and and you get along with and you know. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm it's I'm through it now. It's to the point where it's like very, it's few and far between. But there was a period in time where it was pretty heavy, and it affected the way I felt on a daily basis. What affected the way I acted it affected a lot of things, and I didn't let it shine through on on YouTube or what I was doing and stuff. But but whenever my buddy Sponge told me that we had stuff like that in common, I was like, damn, this kid, this is an opportunity to like send a message with somebody who's still doing it and still kicking ass and and still has this positive mindset to everyone out there and i just want i'm glad that we had the chance to do it yeah me too bro i appreciate it and you know and, and earlier i didn't want to come off like i was uh, being like you know we're just talking about old stories man like i said i got to keep reminding myself that you know one thing i did learn is your subconscious mind because i'll go deep real quick your subconscious mind steers you in life and never goes to sleep it only, it only does, shows you what you think and say. And it doesn't know the difference between hot, cold, rich, poor, high, lows, slow, fast, never. So when people say, oh, we do it, I'm broke. We do it, I'm tired. They're going to stay broke and tired because their subconscious mind is going to reveal broke and tired, broke and tired. Is your jealousy for someone through your eyes, your projection, what you see, negative, then you're going to get negative results. And that's just one thing that I've learned in life is that you've got to train how you speak to yourself. Because your subconscious mind steers you down the road, bro. You know? Yeah, yeah and that, absolutely. And come full circle with this interview where we were talking about the beginning, beginning. I'm glad that shit happened to me because I had to face myself, reprogram myself, and, and to get to live the life that I want to live because I was living a great life. But, but I needed that to happen so I could live even a greater life. You know? So mm-hmm. I am mad at you to get the park. <laughs> hell yeah dudes well well i appreciate everybody tuning in i appreciate you and uh check out what where do people see what you got going on uh you can see like i'm mostly on instagram it's uh rick thorne and then uh and then uh what's the other one uh what's the other ones oh you got the twitter and facebook and all that Uh, i'm I'm mostly on instagram where is your Uh, podcast at you told me you got a podcast i forgot about that Rick Thorne show or the Rick Thorne podcast. And then I have, that's a, that, an Instagram, but I put everything on my Instagram and that one, you know, mm-hmm. then I have my band, good guys in black. We're actually playing this weekend with this band DI, an old punk band. Nice. Uh, Long beach. It's gonna be sick. Yeah. So, you know, the Rick Thorne podcast, good guys in black. And then my, my you know, my name, Rick Thorne is where I've got the most of my stuff. Uh, yeah, man. It's just, you know, just, just, uh, doing my thing, man. And I put everything out. Just try to stay creative. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you, brother, and have a good day, everyone. Stay rad, dude. Thank you.